welcome to Wade In. This week's episode, I am joined as always by Kevin Blake and Brendan Duke. And guys, we had an excellent Thursday, racing only better. Uh, we tipped up, well, I say we, I didn't tip up a single winner, but Kevin Blake, who've had a good week for the Betfair podcast team, uh, you must have been pleased with Saturday's outcomes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was, there was a good good few winners flowing for, for most sources, Vanessa, most sources. Uh, some dropped the ball, but we won't we won't knock them for that. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good Saturday. Now, in fairness, uh, what's, was... what's rare is wonderful, as they say. Absolutely, yeah. Obviously, Dan Barber um, hitting the back of the net as well, but he's not on the show. But we do have Brendan Duke with us. And uh, Brendan, did you enjoy Saturday's action? I did. I very much enjoyed Saturday's action. All right, I was I was in the car and the sun shone. It just got warmer and warmer as the day day, day went on. I was. If, if I had one little bit of sadness, it was Arecibo. I mean, what is poor Dan going to do with this Arecibo? Kane there, traveling. <laughs> like, he's just he's just going to pick them up and laugh at them and basically refuse to win, didn't he? Now, up, up against a good horse, but it looked to me like he refused to win anyway. Refused to win. I like that. That should be in his post-race comments. Refused <laughs> to win. <laughs> um, let's get stuck into the weekend review, guys. Uh, we will start with Huyamal in the March stakes at Goodwood. One of seven winners, I think it was, for William Buick across the two days at Goodwood. Pretty incredible. Um, did what he had to do. Very impressive. But of course, the disappointment, Brendan, it's straight over to you, is that back, <laughs> Pink Fire Lily didn't get... Didn't get her beloved black type. What happened? No, there? no, no. I suppose actually that was another source of regret to me on uh, on Saturday, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 it it didn't happen. Uh, he who who did happen. Uh, very solid horse. I mean, we didn't learn anything that we didn't know before Saturday. He's going to struggle to turn the form around with New London in the ledger, but he's definitely a horse that you could go see hitting the frame in that race. And if maybe New London underperforms, he's bang there as a contender. Well, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think he's he's unchanged at eight to one for the St. Ledger with Betfair, and he's introduced at 16 to one for the Melbourne Cup. But focusing on the St. Ledger, Kevin, I think he's a really solid option for this race. Uh, he is in, in that he won't have a stamina question, I suppose, which some of them will. There's always a great assumption with, with the ledger types that they will stay, but at least you know this fellow will stay. Um, but I suppose if you're being if you wanted to to go with the glass half empty view, um, he's had two spins since the derby, since changing trainer, and he hasn't repeated that derby form yet. Um, and he, he hasn't got Close, it's fair to say. Has he has he got within kind of eight pounds, ten pounds of what that derby run seemed to be? Um, so if I, if I was being a bit picky, I'd do that. Um, I couldn't see him reversing the form with New London. Um, could he be a said ledger cont- uh, Sorry, a Melbourne Cup contender. Um, absolutely. Um, lovely profile. We've seen horses go this route before. Um, namely rekindling. Uh, you know, went and, and and you know what was a, a a very good without being a tip top. Um, middle distance slash staying three-year-old and went down and won the Melbourne Cup as a three-year-old having run a solid race in the ledger. So um, the fact that even if he comes up short of New London et al, um, it doesn't mean he can't win a Melbourne Cup by any means. So um, that's the way he's been pointed. He's been bought by Aussie Connections. And yeah, that would be, in my mind, that would be, if he's to have a really big day this year, that's the way I'd be thinking. Okay, interesting. Like I said, introduced at 16 to 1 for the Melbourne Cup. Kevin clearly much more positive on him and his profile for that race over the St. Ledger. But I don't know. I'm sticking with him as a solid option for what looks like a very weak St. Ledger. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Kevin, let's stick with you and stick with Goodwood because you tipped up Fairy Cross in the prestige stakes over the seven furlongs. And uh, she did exactly what you, you said she'd do bounced out, never saw another rival. Happy days. Yeah, it was super easy race to watch. Um, the big thing was uh, I really was hoping that they'd make the running with her. They did. Um, she relaxed lovely, much better than she had the time before when they tried to ride her um, with a bit of restraint. And look, for me, it was kind of always in control. It was, it was an easy race to watch. Um, now, look, would, would she be, when, you, when you win races like this, I suppose the natural question is, you know, will they be a Guineas filly, et cetera? Um, I, I wouldn't be backing her for a Guineas now, but look, it's job done. She's won a group three. She can buck on from here and um, and and step up for a group two possibly or, or even a group one, 
um, and see how she goes. I don't think she'd be up near the top of the, the two year old for the ranks at the minute. But um, job done, Vanessa, out, away, and gone. Uh, what were we saying? Uh, goodbye, starter. Hello, judge. Lovely. Lovely. Exactly. Just how you said it would go. I love it when that happens. Jamie Lynch pulls that trick a lot on Sky Sports Racing, says how a race is going to be run. And then when it comes off, it feels good. Uh, she is currently a 10 to one shot uh, for the Phillies mile, Brendan, um, from 12. So cut just a couple of points. But Bright Diamond, your selection in the race, I thought was probably the horse to take out of it, of, of away from the winner in terms of obviously the front two were the front two throughout. And she was mm. the only horse to come out the pack um were you taken with her in her in in the beating were you still pleased with the performance well you, well you would have to be i suppose because she has stepped forward from her maiden run which which we weren't uh, we we're still not sure about the form of that race but she's gone and run a good i just thought she'd definitely be more clued in at the early stages and if anything she was worse she walked out of the stalls and then she, she she took a while to jump into the bridle and then when she's coming down the straight she's hanging in towards the rail again perfectly understandable on her second run jockey wasn't hard and her knew he wasn't going to get there yes i wouldn't be surprised if she's the best filly in that but i i don't want to damn fairy cross with, with faint praise but i mean there, there, there have been some grumblings about kevin blake's management skills and that he might have lost the dressing room or what have you but godolphin godolphin would be all out in the transfer market right he's, he, drew, he, he, he drew it up on the whiteboard beforehand this is what you have to do and the race, I mean, we talked about serene Buddhist experience watching races. I mean, that must be just beautiful for him. Totally controlled the race <laughs> off tepid fractions and went and quickened up and won easy. But I, I'd be inclined to, I, I know it's a real wise guy thing to do, Vanessa, but I'd be with you. I suspect Bright Diamond is probably will turn out to be the best horse in that race. I think so too. I'm with you. And yeah, Kevin Blake, it's good to know that the Godolphin team listened to Racing Only Better. I'm so I'm so pleased we finally got clarification. I, I just that. need the players, Vanessa. That's all I need. Just give me the players and I, I'll manage them. You're just struggling with that, aren't you, at the moment? By the we'll, way, we'll talk about we'll talk about this later. I think we yeah. have a, we have a very uh, a very cutting listeners question on this very subject. Yeah, stay tuned for that because uh, you're in for a ribbing. Um, uh, Agatha Joseph O'Brien's filly. She's been unlucky, I think, not to win one so far this season. Finally gets off the mark. Back down to the seven furlongs. Back down to Group One Company and Tipperary for the Fairy Bridge Stakes. Kevin, uh, once again, same same comments apply. Simple. Banged out from the front, made all tough as teak. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, br- brilliant for Scott Hyder, um, who, who who lost his mother recently, the owner, and uh, tough times. So I think it's hopefully this video gave him a bit of a lift. Um, and I, I, she deserved it because, like, she she was sent out to America at the time before for the Belmont Oaks, and it, it's you're. Like you're out when you're when you're picking horses to go out there. Like you're often kind of there's a lot of guesstimation involved and hoping that it'll suit them. And personally, like I just couldn't have been more adamant that everything about American racing would suit her. You know, she's got great gait speed. She's a very uh, straightforward ride. She's tough as teak. Um, loves fast ground and, and just didn't happen for her out there. Um, she came back a small bit rattled off the ground and, and just ran poorly on the night, which was utterly depressing, as you could imagine, after going all the way there. Um, but she's back, um, back in trip. The only concern really here was the draw. She was widest of all, but she just has that gate speed and uh, out in the way she went and controlled the race uh, and um, stamped her class on it. You know, this was a group one filly last season. Um, went very well in a my glare. So really satisfying to see her get back rolling. And um, yeah, sure. Look, the likes of the the matron w- would be an obvious one now, and there'd be other options there. Um, but yeah, great, great to get her back winning because she's a she's a filly you 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 have to love. She sticks her head down, she tries, and um, after that unfortunate trip to Belmont, it was great to see her back winning. Yeah, it's funny how some horses just just literally by watching them on telly, I've never even seen this filly in the flesh and nothing to do with her, but just the way she runs with her head down and her ears back and she clearly really wants it, Brendan. Uh, she is actually a really likeable filly, but um, obviously Kevin's a little bit biased. Is she, is a group one a step too far for her? I mean, she's a 16 to one shot now for the matron and mm. she's 20s from 33s for the Sun Chariot, a couple of her options. Um, but um, is this her level? Well, I, I, like she's a lovely filly. She is a good-looking filly as well, and she, she's so straightforward, such a professional, doesn't waste any energy. I backed her in the Irish Guineas, and it was one of those it was a strange race, the stupid things we do as punters. 
I was convinced she was going to win the Irish Guinea. And she was a 10 to 1 shot. I mean, completely ridiculous. But I was convinced because she'd get the soft lead in the race that she was too good to give a tactical advantage to, and that would get her home. And in the end, she was well. But now I know how the songs came home on her own, but she 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 was run out of second in the end as well. I think she is just just below group one level. Now, again, if she got into a matron stakes and she was given an easy time in front. You, you could you could never rule her out, but she does just seem to just lack that little bit of class that that, that might get her home in the group one. Yeah, I, I feel and, and, and like... that's and that's perfectly fair. I think and, you know, and that was that was another reason why she went to America. You know, those, those group ones, grade ones, yeah. can be a little bit a little bit weaker than what she's bumping into here. So you know, the thought process was the same, just didn't get the result. <laughs> Uh, let's move on guys just a couple of two-year-old performances to rattle through from the weekend we'll kick off with classic Kevin uh, in the Newmarket novice race took him his, to his third start to get off the mark for the Hannans but this is your bloodstock corner horse and yeah. uh, he again very sim- very similar these front running performances from some of these horses at the weekend another very straightforward just banged out made all like a piece of work impressive yeah, great to see it. Fully entitled to do it um, based on that close second to the Foxes, but um, did it with style points. And uh, yeah, great to see. I, I always be, uh, you know, for anyone that missed the, the the mention of this that Vanessa refers to, um, this horse is out of date with Destiny, um, who is the only um, offspring of George Washington, who was, of course, a magnificent racehorse, um, but had major fertility issues as a stallion and literally only had one filly. And uh, this fella's mammy is her indeed. So uh, she's already thrown a couple of nice ones, but this fella has the potential now uh, to be a, to be a good group horse, I think. And um, I'll be watching them just for that reason. But um, all everything that David Destiny has thrown so far, like has stayed at least ten furlongs, and this fella being by Dubawi, like he'll surely be the same. So the fact that he can be running to whatever he's done here, kind of mid nineties over seven furlongs at two, is is pretty encouraging with a view to next season. Yeah, and his options are sort of up and around the mile next as a target. He's uh, 20s from 33s for the Dewhurst. And another horse who puts hat in the ring for the Dewhurst, Brendan, this weekend is this Cairo, the quality mm. row cult of Coolmore's. Uh, one on a second start at the Curra, reduced winning margin at the line. But uh, I don't know, was it workmanlike? I mean, this cult has seven entries coming up well, I mean, he's literally thrown in everything and he's obviously yeah. well fancy but his performance probably didn't back up all that hype maybe yeah well i mean that's the way they roll in valley doyle isn't it just uh j- just put them in everything and give you give yourselves options i mean but this they're, seems they're... excessive even by their <laughs> standards oh really oh okay i think he's in every I don't know. I think he's in. I could work out. I think he's in every two-year-old group race this side of the English and Irish Sea, both sides of the English and Irish Sea for Colts, basically. Yeah. So, so he's in. He's in the Group Two Mile on Champions Weekend. He's in the <laughs> National Stakes. He's in the Mill Reef. He's in the Barrisford. He's in the Royal Lodge. He's in the Dewhurst. I'm going to gallop over the France Galogues. They suspect he'll be in a fair few there I mean, as well. like that is that's excessive even by their standards, isn't it, Kevin? Yes. Okay. Well, well, it, actually, he's uh, he, well, I tell a lie. He's in he's in one race in France at the minute. He's he's in <laughs> he's in the Prix de Champ, if that's the Crescens, if that's the correct pronunciation. There you go. Which, uh, which is a mile race. Um, they're in a, in, a, in a fortnight, but uh, the Lagadere and that I don't think has might not have closed yet. So plenty more to, to, to go into, I think. <laughs> plenty more. Well, come on, Brendan, what do you make of him then? Well, uh, yeah, and I'm just thinking maybe it's a function of the exceptional crop of two-year-olds Aiden has this year. Yeah. He has to throw throw everything and everything. But, uh, Very true. Close, but what did I make him? Well, I was delighted with him in the preliminaries because there was none of his cultish antics that we saw the previous time. He did get a bit warm between his legs. He's obviously a little bit hot. But he set lovely in the race, looked to have it won. Did he maybe run out of stamina a little bit or was he looking around in front? I couldn't tell. It's a, it was an interesting maiden because that goes from Mexico. I, I, I think maybe my paddock judging skills are, are on the way. And maybe I never had. Well, I think possibly. that's probably, Brendan, because you've been at too many bloody weddings. Well, it's a fair <laughs> Back off it's, the wedding. It's, it's, a, it's a fair point, Vanessa. But I was there. I was in the Curra when, when I wasn't at a wedding. I was in the Curra a few weeks ago. And Mrs. Frankel came into the ring. He cost 900 grand or something. And I looked at him and I got obviously looking at the, the, the money that he cost before and I thought, oh, this, this is going to be some specimen or what have you. And he wasn't much to look at at all. But this Gulf of Mexico 
is a good horse, the horse who was second. Yeah. Uh, and he only cost 100 grand as a Galileo. Now, he's not as long as your, your average Galileo, maybe takes a little bit more after his dam, but a lot of strength behind the saddle, still has some strength and up in front to do. Ran really well. Voice of reason, a big Churchill. They're all big, those Churchills. He was as green as grass. So I, I'm not totally sure what to make of it, but I feel like it was probably a decent maiden, and I definitely keep a, a close on the second and third. Brennan, okay. you've, you've missed a very important number off, um, off Gulf of Mexico's price tag. What was it? You've missed a one. Oh, he was 1.1 million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, story checks out. All right. Okay, story checks out. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see where that money went. So the must be in, 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 in the race. So, okay. Yeah, he's, he's that, worth it. He's a, he looked a million dollars. Okay. I yeah. love that. Does, yeah, that does make more million, yeah. 1.1 million guineas he looked. That, that <laughs> makes more sense now, doesn't it, Brendan? It does. It does. Yeah. yeah, yeah love it. Yeah, uh, his mother was a right one. Do you remember his mother? Um, Antimatic. Yeah, Alexander, um, Eddie Lynham, yeah, from, the, from that, that tiny first crop of, of Star Spangled Banner. And um, she went and she, she beat Tiggy Wiggy in the, in the Queen Mary. She was, uh, she was a right two-year-old. Uh, um, do you have anything to add, re this Cairo, um, Kevin? No, look, I think, uh, I think all involved would have been hoping that he would have been winning a bit easier than he did. Um, yeah. Look, he's notable from his pedigree, if nothing else. Like, he's by Quality Road. Um, which you know is, is a highly successful stallion in America. There he's standing for 150 grand, and I'm pretty sure this will be the first one of those in Ballydoyle. Open to correction on that. Um, so interesting on that front alone. I was kind of thinking he might go and win better than he did, but um, it, it was a slightly funny day at the car now, and a couple out that that were up at the pace. It didn't, it didn't hold up terribly well at times. So um, I won't knock him too much. Um, as we all know, they kind of they like to just get these two year olds out and run them and. Um, and and you know let them let them build with their racing. So I won't knock them too much. And just uh, I just uh, out of pure curiosity, Vanessa, I looked down through the rest of the entries for that pre Deschan, a group three that he's entered for in two weeks. There's a there's it's it's a it's that long show. There's fifteen entries. Aidan O'Brien is nine of them. Right. <laughs> 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 Domination. I think, I, think, I think there might be three French horses in okay. uh, in in the race, which uh, yeah, they're, they're not in super shape there on the, on the good horse front at the minute. Well, they're not in super shape just uh, yeah across the board with their group races. Another group race going away of England this weekend over in France as well. I mean happening all the time and yeah it's just a sign of the times with Aiden's domination and these two-year-olds we keep mentioning them but my god like where is he going to send them all um so yeah nine entries some group three in France excellent um bit of news about Baid came out obviously over the weekend as well Kevin overexcited because Irish champion stakes of the three options that has been scratched no well, more. Yeah, that, so that, well, down, that was disappointing Not that was disappointing that. but we're down to two now we're down to two and it feels like, and you did sort of tee us up for this a little bit on last week's episode of Wade In. Is it Wade In? Um, just in terms of they seem to be edging. Am I right in saying towards the arc? Does it feel think, like that? Yeah, well, look, you, you're always in danger of reading things the way you want to read them. But of the way the way it's been said to me, it seems like right. We're, we're aiming for the arc, and if the ground is soft we'll skip the arc and, and wait for the, the British champion stakes. But the, the most important part of that sentence is we're aiming for the arc. We were happy to run in the arc as long as the surface is agreeable. Um, and look at sure all of a sudden you have Jamie Lynch already on Sky Sports Racing doing <laughs> long range forecasts. You know, we're, we're all be glancing at the charts, but um, sure, look, we've over a month to go. I don't trust the forecasters, you know, no. for tomorrow, never mind five weeks time. But uh, yeah, I tell you what, I, I, I'm booking the trip. I'm booking the trip. I want to be there if this happens. Um, oh. we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have a good day either way, but I'm going to be there either way. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, it could be one of those one of those moments, couldn't it? It really could be. And now there's a lot of stress on me because I have a tea, a friend, load of friends going out there. They go out every year, and I've decided to skip this year. Oh, what a baby. risk. What a risk this is. Um, decided to give it a swerve because I'm going to go to the Pardo Beachy two weeks later instead. And I just thought all these <sighs> racing trips need to rein it in. But what regret I will be living with if Baid tips up there. So the stress Man, is on. Juki, you're going to come, Juki. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think I probably will. Is it a wedding? Is it a wedding? I know it's <laughs> no, no. a bloody wedding. Uh, uh, I, I, I think I probably did. Just trying to work off the exchange price at the moment. I know you're guessing with the first part of the double what price he would be. But just looking at it, it looks like it's an even money coup. Uh, look, and, and I can I can definitely see because I was on last week. I'm not great at reading between the lines. I think I need to work on my comprehension skills. So <laughs> I still I I still don't think Haggis really wants to go for the arc. I mean, he's on record saying, "Oh, we don't need to go for the arc." But it seems like Angus Gold does the, and he might have had a word in the in the ear of the of the owner. Now, I'm, I'm, I, this is all guesswork, but like Kevin, I feel like th- th- it was highly significant what they said. And I think, despite what I said last week, you have to be adaptable in this game. I think he's probably a shade of odds on to go for the arc now um, because if, 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 now Haggis will know this. You can't trust French going description, but he'll have someone out there to walk the course. If you go off time form or what have you, most of the time the arc is run on good or quicker ground. There's been a drought all summer in France. It's very rarely run on heavy ground. I mean, I think they'd even probably let him run on good soft ground given that yeah. when he stayed an extended 10 furlongs in York. So, I think he's probably a shade of odds on to go, and that would probably be enough for me to book the trip. Yeah, and don't forget, dear listeners, one one Tony Calvin tipped Baid up at twenty to one for the arc. Uh, going, oh. going back a few months ago, and and not quite this very podcast. Actually, it was this very podcast. It was on weighed in. There you go. Yeah, yeah. good man. Anyone, Tony anyone brave enough to take that is in a silky spot now. Absolutely. Look, I can't wait. But like you said there, Kevin, we're still five weeks away. I feel like it, we're ramping it up as if it's only like, I don't know, two or three weeks away. Yeah, we've got it's five dangerous. weeks. It's a long, it's old time to Bye-bye. be going around this look, same roundabout. Where there's life, there's hope, as, as, uh, my, as, my, vet, as my vet often says to me. <laughs> Excellent. It's an excellent quote. It's an excellent statement. Um, a couple of other horses to mention, and it's over to you, Brendan, um, because 5,000 to 1 um, was another one of William Buick's Goodwood winners, this time for Andrew Balding, and now is a 16 to 1 shot for the Air Gold Cup. But I kind of want to swerve him and get background to Great Ambassador. <laughs> Because obviously he was beat in Newmarket, but ran a belter. And surely it's not about 5,000 to 1 in the Air Gold Cup. It's all still about Great Ambassador, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, ha- I had a few quid on Great Ambassador on, uh, on Saturday, so it, it, it was bittersweet. I didn't know which way to be going. Um, so it's probably, it's probably ideal. He's just got beaten. He hasn't got the penalty. Would he have won the race? if he could have stuck to the rail. I mean, I'm conscious of the fact that I keep coming on here making excuses for him getting beaten, but he's, I mean, he's favoured for the Air Gold Cup. He's a shorter price than he was, and he should be, with any normal look in terms of draw, etc., he's he's going to go really close in in, in the Air Gold Cup. 5,000 to 1, they'd be delighted because um, he, he got down to a mark of 91, so... Uh, that five pound penalty, you get him up to ninety six, which will still be pretty tight for getting in. But he might just he, he might just squeak in, and he ran all right in the race last year off a higher rating. So you could you could make a case for him. But uh, the, the 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 ambassador is spoiling us with these uh, going close, <laughs> go, oh, go, yes. go, going close in in group races and not getting a penalty. I think we're in reasonable shape there. Vanessa will be too young to get that reference. <laughs> I'm always too young, guys. I was born in the nineties. I was born uh, in the nineties. That, that that's the Ferrero Rocher ad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, ambassador with these Ferrero Rocher, you're really spoiling us. It would have been heavily, heavily um, put forward as one of the worst ads of all time. It was so bad, it was good. <laughs> oh, really? I might have to give it a YouTube look up. Send it on to me, will you? You'll find it on YouTube. Oh, I'd um, be shocked if it wasn't there. <laughs> 5,000 to 1 currently, 16 to 1 for the Air Gold Cup, but never mind him. Great ambassador, 6 to 1. Come on. And he's going to win. And uh, Brendan, final shout for the weekend review, that Kitsune Power. That was one of your tips in the Silver Cup handicap at Beverly for uh, Roger Berry and Kevin Stopford. Last to first job and is now 16 to 1 for the Cambridge Chair. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yes, it was pretty impressive. And I, I mean, beat a, a progressive horse who was on a hat-trick. I, it's, it's surely decent form. He's barely run a bad race all season. I mean, he was he was 12th in the Britannia, beating six lengths. But I mean, the Britannia is traditionally red hot uh, form. So he's going to have his chance as a three-year-old against the older horses in the Cambridge. If he gets in, he's 91 on Saturday, maybe, maybe gets five pounds for that 96. A three-year-old got in off 94 last year. 
And with the way all the horses are disappearing away from England, you might even get one in off lower. So he should be all right in the Cambridgeshire. Stamina, always a big asset in that race, as we saw last year with Bedouin's story. He's a, he's a legitimate runner, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I, I was quite taken with him. Um, that is a rattle through a few of the weekend's talking points. But now let's get on to a few of the news angles. And obviously the big thing that came out uh, in the week was the new fixture list for next year from the BHA. And essentially, Kevin, it, it's no change. <laughs> um, well, look, Vanessa, if it's not broke, don't fix it, clearly. Stop, um, this, this stop. <laughs> <laughs> this fixture list is clearly in great shape. Everyone's delighted with it. You get the odd grumble, Vanessa, here and there, but sure, some people are never happy. I think it's magic, and I'm delighted they've left it alone. Oh, good God. Um, there, there is some <laughs> method behind the madness of leaving it at the time be for the time being. I mean, basically, changes are coming, but not yet, is what they've said. Yeah, not before we have a death by committee. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're going to have uh, lots, lots, lots more consultations. And, and look, hey, and I'm slagging. Look, I, I'm the, the probably as big a numbers nerd as you'll get. I'm all for being guided by the data and ev- evidence-based decisions, etc. But um, it's not the world's most complicated thing here, lads. And it should be quite obvious. And I think it is quite obvious to everyone. When you get um, the managements of, of multiple British race courses coming out. You know, these are the, 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 the one interest group who uh, bloated fixture list is massively in favour of. And you get them themselves coming out saying, yeah, lads, we might need to cut a few fixtures. You know how bad it is. I'm laughing here because it's just, it's, it's, it, it's frustrating because everyone knows what the problem is. Everyone knows um, the gist of the solution um, and it's just slow. It's just very slow. Everything moves very, very slowly in this game, which is frustrating because when we had an absolute calamity with COVID, like the amount of positive change that happened in no time at all, all these things that we've been arguing about for years and years, oh, we couldn't possibly do this. No, it wouldn't possibly work. Hey, when we had to, when our backs were to the wall, bang, 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 done. And there's just not nearly enough um, enough of a of a scoot on underneath all this because it um yeah we're just, it's just slow it's just slow yeah. it's frustrating look the hopefully camp- they'll get there in the end hopefully the destination is worth the journey as they say but Jesus it's a long journey lads I'm getting travel sickness here in the back yeah <laughs> well there the does seem to be a focus and and a sort of. A- a group focus on the destination at least like you say it's just taking a little while to get there uh, we should focus on a few of the positives that came out of it though in the sense of obviously um minimum values raised across the board uh, quite top heavy but also <laughs> at the lower level as well i mean that that is a positive like let's not shy away from it of course we'd like even more prize money but obviously we're trying to stop this loss of horses internationally and there has been the prize money boost so we shouldn't we shouldn't be poo-pooing that look yeah look of course more money always great um you know, travelling prize money tomorrow wouldn't stop the 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 the, the loss of talented horses abroad it just wouldn't um, you know, if you're if you can run for for thirty grand rather than fifteen grand, is it going to stop you selling your horse for half a million? Of course, it's not. Um, personally, and this has always been my view. Like I've, I've never been too fond of of topping up um, the better races because I think look in a situation where you have limited additional money, you know, really I think you should be helping the the lower end. Um, and I'm not one for kind of promoting mediocrity or what have you, but it, it's just needed down at the bottom end of British racing there. You're not talking about promoting mediocrity. You're talking about giving lads a chance to make a living, you know, jockeys, trainers, um, owners to, to, you know, not even remotely pay their bills, but certainly help the cause. Um, and look, that would be my view. They are boosting minimum levels down there, but yeah, I, I don't think I think I don't think prize money is going to help until until we get to a situation where they reduce all the number of options for better horses. Then, by all means, boost up the prize pots to uh, to compensate for for more competitive environments. But but right now, I think it wouldn't be the way I would have done it. There you go. Okay, Kevin Blake, not happy. Quick word to you, Brendan, because no, no, he's never happy. Uh, another couple of interesting takeaways. I thought St. Ledger meeting running from Thursday to Sunday. That's interesting. And also a maximum of five fixtures on a Saturday afternoon. I thought that was a real positive. I'm delighted to hear that because there's been a couple mm. of summer 
um, specifically, I think, in the summer, where it's just oversaturation on both channels too much. None of us can keep across it. You can't give it the media coverage it deserves mm. on a Saturday. Those, mm. uh, well, never mind the St. Ledger meeting. That's just a bit of a side note. But maximum five fixtures on a Saturday, Brendan. I was, I was pleased to hear that. Yes, I'm trying, I, I, I'm trying to focus on the positive here, by the well, way. Well, well, well I'm, and I'm also thinking of the, the people with their Excel sheets uh, in, in, in your back office and in the RUK back office, all going, this race is off at this time, this race is off at this time, we do this and move these yeah. things. But of course, the races in England never go off on time anyway. They just <laughs> dawdle down to the start. So they, not so they not a good just, word anyway. They must be just throwing their laptops out of the window. Oh, shout out to the, the stalls handlers and the curra getting the Cambridgeshire off, basically on time, magnificent effort. Uh, <laughs> but English racing could learn a lot from there. We should send a trade committee over to show them how to get the races off on time. So I think that's a good move and, and necessary because uh, it, it's, it, it's just ridiculous having these races going off at the same time. Agreed, agreed. Uh, so we can be positive about that. Never mind Kevin Blake, the negative Nancy in the corner there. Let's just move on so from negative. there. Negative Nancy. Um, Paul Nichols also being a negative Nichols. Uh, he wants to get rid of jump racing. Summer jump racing in June and July was his recent suggestion or something he floated in an interview on Sky Sports Racing anyway on Sunday so that we'd end jump racing in May and we'd come back in August. Uh, Brendan, would you be in favour of that at all do you think that would help change the competitiveness of the summer jump racing in sort of the may august september time well it, i mean it, it certainly would if they, if they couldn't run i mean again i i, I, I perhaps they think just some gentle cutting would do some minor surgery in terms of less fixtures don't want to get back to the obvious thing to talk about but less less national hunt fixtures and then you would have some more competitive race and uh nickel's he sort of poo-pooed the suggestion that people is a part of their business model to go and run in these races. Well, I think it is. I mean, it's not their whole business model, but I think there are certain trainers. I mean, I see Jimmy Moffat still taking care of business up in Cartmel. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and that'd, be, that'd be a big deal for him. Now, I, I mean, I don't know. In Ireland, generally, national hunt racing is a little bit uh, more popular than flat racing. So you might get a bigger crowd. But I know Cartmel and Newton Abbott and what have you, they're getting the holiday crowd anyway. Does it matter to them whether it's jumping or flatter with the crowd show up anyway in England? I think the crowd would show up anyway at those I'd say you could run seven donkey derbies and you'd be grand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's all made, but I, I, I don't think it's necessary to just uh, throw the ba- baby out with the bathwater. Some people do uh, get, get raise their profile and get a few quid during the summer, but again, there's too many fixtures. Too many fixtures. Always comes back to that, doesn't it? Um, let's move on, Kevin, to the curious case of Ado McGuinness that came out um, at, during the week as well. A bit of a strange sort of news piece that essentially um, a horse was requested to have a drug test post-race. It had already had one pre-race as standard, requested to have another one post-race. And due to a miscommunication, from the IHRB and ADO with his stable staff, the horse was already on the road home and missed a drugs test. So as a result, he's got a fine. He's come out very much sort of against the IHRB on this, saying that, you know, he feels like it was a miscommunication, it was shabby communications, and um, it was just a mistake. But obviously it's another... It doesn't look good on, on any level. He came out with a quote, actually. He said, what annoys me is that one phone call would have solved this. It's not just for me, but for the reputation of our industry. It doesn't help after certain insinuations in recent times, which I think he probably has a point with. Is this a simple case of the IHRB not being um, good enough with their communications? Is that what's happened here? Uh, look, it's hard to know. It's, 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 look, it's a bit of a mess. Look terrible. No question. Um, you say standard, uh, like the, the, the pre-race testing is a, is a relatively new thing. Um, I suppose it's one of a number of improvements that have come about because of all the scrutiny that's been on this subject for the last um, two years now, basically. So it's a relatively new thing. It was before the, the scurry handicap there and they notified everyone, right, lads, we're, we're pre-race testing everyone. Because um, I think that's the agreement they came to. In the end, the trainers weren't all that happy that um, people could be... Um, singled out for pre-race testing. They felt in the interest of fairness, if you're going to do one, you do everything. So no one's at a competitive disadvantage. And that was fine. I think everyone agreed on that. So this was the race they chose to do it in. And they went away and um, took samples from everything. And the vet that was testing, laugh a minute, the horse in question, noticed that there was um, a reasonably fresh puncture wound 
on the horse um, that, that just raised a question mark um, as to, you know, just because, you know, what's that? What, what, what happened there? And Edo's evidence was that it was given um, um, an electrolyte injection the night before racing because, you know, horses will, will the horses that travel poorly will lose a lot through sweating, etc. cetera. So um, you want to, to, to rejuvenate that with electrolytes. That's the reason why you do that. Um, and because of, I suppose, the, the uncertainty raised by that discovery, they said that, right, we'll test this horse again post-race. Um, one, you know, I, I'm not completely off favor with it. One would assume that a pre-race test would surely be enough, but I assume they're guided by science there that there may be some benefit to testing post-race as well. Um, so that notification was sent down. The horse went and ran, ran poorly. And... Um, Adol was made aware that the horse was going to be retested. He didn't pass that on to his staff, assuming that the IHRB would just grab hold of the horse on the way out and take it to the sampling unit. Um, but as it turned out, no one did that. And um, Adol's horses were, 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 were washed off and, and, and whipped out fairly quickly. Um, and if you, one wants to look at it with a cynical eye, you'd say, geez, they left the track 20 minutes after the race. Like, you know, talk about, you know, kind of packing up the box and going. Um but look, that's what happened. They said they weren't told that they needed to remain there. Um, the horse's tests came back, pre-race tests came back negative. That wasn't in the original report, I believe, which was probably, a, a, you know, that was an omission that should have been in there. Um, and it, it looks a mess. And Edo, um, you know, clean pre-race test. And he's basically saying, this makes me look like a bit of a gangster. Um, the way this has all panned out, I've been fined. And all you had to do is pick up the phone. I don't know if they would, if they, maybe if they would have rang Ado's, Ado, um, say, hey, where's the horse? Oh, he's just gone five minutes. We can turn back around and come back if you want. You know, could it have been resolved like that? I don't know. Bit of a mess. Um, you'd like, look, the IHRB's communications, I think have improved again after all this scrutiny we've had in the last two years. But, um, this this was was a bit of a mess of a situation. There was probably two of them in it. Um, in terms of both parties, could have probably did things better. Edo could have let his staff know that the horse was to be was to be retested, and the IHRB could have communicated it better to them. Possibly, a uh, bit of a mess. Looks bad. I give us anyone that that, and there's plenty of them out there that want to throw stones at Irish racing in this regard. It, it gives them a big handful of stones to do just that. So, bit of a mess, frankly. Brendan, you're nodding along there because, um, yeah, to summarise, it's just like how often have we sat on this podcast or listened to other comment in the media and, you know, we come back to the fact that the IHRB just haven't dealt with something as well as they could have done and as a result it is, as Kevin's phrase, a bit of a mess. Surely this stuff in 2022 is avoidable, surely. Uh, yes, yes, it's it, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, but I, I will just say now. I mean, I'm coming at this from a, the point of view of an Irish racing fanboy, but I will just say that the story totally, the story that Ado tells totally checks out. That laugh a minute, even by the standard of sprinters, he is a coiled spring that horse. So I can understand that he might be nervous traveling. He's nervous in everything he does. He, uh, you watch him in the race; he's a very hard horse to get to settle. So I totally understand that. He three runners in the race. He trains for syndicates. He probably had people pulling them left, right, and center, and he he just forgot to do something. I don't think. Again, I, I I'm saying this in terms of I'm not cynical about Irish racing. I believe in Irish racing, and I, I might be mistaken, but uh, I totally see that this this story checks out. And um, I, I I mean I, again, like Kevin, I'm not sure what the story is with testing them post race. Now I know when you hear. Because uh, I have cynical friends who think that all dro- uh, sorry, all sports are rotten, and they'll talk about it, the glow time and endurance sports in terms of cycling and athletics and what have you, that the, the drugs are so sophisticated that the glow time, which is how long the, the stuff remains in their system or is traceable in their system, they have it down to a couple of hours. So maybe that's the science Kevin was talking about. That something could show up post-race that wouldn't show up pre-race. That's the only thing I can guess. But the horse passed the test. And the, the whole story checks out to me. And I think that Irish racing is a lot straighter than people imagine. 
There we go. Brendan's view. But um, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, Brendan. I think it, the story does seem to check out and it's just one of those messy, could have been dealt with better situations. Uh, let's move on to listen to questions, guys. Um, rattle through. We've got a few good ones coming up. Uh, a few points we've already covered, but let's name check everyone. So we'll kick off with Joe Maloney. Kevin, this can come your way. Joe has asked, like a bad penny I am, but I think the overrounds are now worse than they were when they had to use the on-course bookies prices especially the horses 10 to 1 and under 5 to 1 but for usually 7 to 2 returned or thereabouts comment on that yeah. Kevin yeah I haven't seen anyone do kind of a nice large sample analysis of this but I know anecdotally there would be a view that um, you know bigger prices have gotten bigger but shorter prices may have gotten shorter as well um, so like really look like, like as mentioned earlier in the pod I, I just I'd like to see it examined you know in a really robust way big numbers um, with comparisons pre and post um, the, the change of the system and I'd be interested to see it because anecdotally you, you could you could see how it might have altered with the change of the systems yeah a bit of in-depth analysis needed and like you say like numbers done on that sort of thing uh, David Brown Brendan has asked uh I had a chuckle at the hypocrisy of the Punchestown manager moaning that the national being later is going to affect the festival, not like the Irish would move any meeting to affect our racing, would they? David Brown, obviously, from over here in England. Well, there's always a bit of push and pull with these things when people are trying to, across jurisdictions, uh, that that horses compete in, well, the top horses anyway. So he, he was right to get his oar in and just let people know that, well, this, this isn't great for Punch's Town, but ain't we have to look after themselves or what have you? But maybe he loses this one, maybe he wins another one. There's, there's a little bit of horse training, for once, of a better word goes on. I think it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, have I missed? I was trying to say, he's obviously referring to something specific there, I assume, and I was trying to think what it was, and maybe I'm missing the obvious one. What's the obvious one that the Irish have moved that inconvenienced the British well, calendar? I, 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 Dublin I Racing they... Festival? Like That doesn't interfere with anything, does it? No, I don't think so, does it? No. Like, not much has moved around in Irish National Hunt Racing that I can think of any. And, you know, Fairy House moves, obviously, with Easter, but that doesn't really mess with the English calendar, I don't think. And Yeah, I, 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 Irish, I, again, Irish, I, I, could be missing, I could be missing something obvious, but I just couldn't. Irish Champions Weekend? Well, that's the flat, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, well, I think he probably they're, doesn't. They're, 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 they're still upset about that. <laughs> He's probably still upset about that. Uh, that utter stroke that the Irish pulled. What a magnificent piece of uh, work that was. It <laughs> was a real, like, gamble landed for them, yeah. Um, Tommy Kennedy has asked, oh, I like this question, actually, Kevin, you can have this. Tommy Kennedy has asked, can the stud value of Baid be discussed? If he was a non-stayer in the arc, or best for whatever reason, or beat, he must mean. Yeah, if he was a non-stare in the arc or beat for whatever reason, what would the impact be on his stud career, he means? Tommy Kennedy, good question. I like that, Kevin. Go. Yeah, yeah, good question, because I've seen lots of people there in the last couple of weeks there with a view to buy each next targets kind of making uh, uh, comments along these lines. Oh, you know, you couldn't go for the arc. That's an admission that he's not fast enough for a mile anymore. And, this, uh, and it's absolute rubbish, really. Um, it's absolute rubbish. Like, like with stallion values, what's in the book is in the book. He was a European champion miler as a three-year-old. He's clearly the, the champ, the champ, European champion miler for this season. And like his his stud value is is pretty much established. Like even if he won an arc, I don't think it would make a, a big a big bobble in where he is right now. And if he got beaten the arc, it certainly wouldn't negatively impact it. Um, like like it, it'd be pretty much locked in. If I had to guess now, assuming he'll be standing in in pounds sterling, if I was to make a guess, I'd be saying like eighty to a hundred something yeah. like that. Which is obviously that would be my great. guess. I was yeah. sort of going in around like eighty to ninety. I thought he'd be under yeah. under a six figure sum, and yeah, I, that. Like, and he, he could win the arc by ten lengths, and I don't think it would make a. It might no, make a that, small difference, but may you know, um, it, it's in it's in the book as such. You know, anything you do at the at the back end of a horse's career, um, I don't think it's going to have a, a massive impact. It, it like it'll, it'll affect maybe the way the public perceive him. And maybe mm. his place in the, in the in the pantheon of greats, but in terms of uh, black and white stud values, stud fees, um, the, the the real work is is done now, you know. Yeah, and and the people that are going to be giving ninety to a hundred thousand pounds for a stud fee for Baid 
you know, they're looking at, like Kevin says, what he's already done in the book. It's not really about public perception. Like they're looking. Yeah, no, it's, not about sta- it's not about stamina as well. You no. know, like he's a he's a, he's going to be a two time European champion miler. Like that, that speed doesn't disappear. You're just you're just exhibiting that he's capable of stretching it. Yeah, and if and if you said like you say if if he was to go in the arc by ten lengths and put in the most blistering performance we've ever seen in the arc de triomphe, then would his stud fee rise that much? I really don't think it would. From it probably, around, it probably would go up. I'd be probably wrong to say that it wouldn't, but it would. It would probably it might give go up from nudge. ninety to a hundred or whatever. Yeah. You know that sort yeah. of thing. I'd be Richard area. Yeah. 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 Um, let's move on. Brad Maxley has asked, um, Brendan, this can come your way. Brad Maxley, if you could win only one flat race as an owner for the prestige and also the future stud earnings, what would it be? Oh, this is probably for all of us. What would it be, Brendan, for you? I suppose it would be the 2000 guineas. Uh, it, it seems like it's over the, the, the right trip. It comes at the right type of, time of the year that you could appeal to people looking for two-year-old types. Um, so I, 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 it's, a, it's a stallion making race. Is it the most important race? I don't know, but it, I, I would just give it to the 2000 guineas. Well, the big question to you, Brendan, as the fanboy of Irish jump racing, is do you mean English or Irish 2000 guineas? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that's the thing. I think it's like people get very vexed about this. Like you, you say the Derby, you, you don't say the English Derby. You say the 2000 guineas, you don't say the English 2000 guineas. It's I, very I, true. I think, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. Very clear. Uh, Kevin, what would it be for you? I mean, Brendan's probably hit the nail on the head there just for stud value and what people want in this modern day and age from a flat stallion and for the value of the race probably is the 2000 guineas, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I gave this a lot of thought and I came down, I couldn't split two. I came down on the Dingle Derby and the KFM Hunter Chase at the Punchestown Festival. Do you know what? Can find the landowners in the Kildare yeah. area. I, that is my favourite race. Isn't it landowners in the in the area riding a horse that's eight years old and older and their, their, their firstborn son has to have a first name beginning with C, isn't it? Something like that. Oh, one of the, the, great, most, con- one of the great contests of the Irish race in Canada. The most Irish race in the history of the world. I will never forget going to Punchestown for the first time, by the way, and that being explained to me in the race card. And I swear to God, I was like, sorry, what? Is that is that a joke? And there's been many a great touch landed in the KFM Hunters Chase. Now it's a it's a real specialist for a specialist race for specialist uh, for specialist farm students. Love the KFM Hunter Chase. Up your boy, yeah. Up your boy. Akko has asked us, when is Hugh back? Well, Hugh is taking some time out, and I can also confirm that Tony had August off, as was always planned, and he'll be back in, on Thursday. Be back for September. So he's back with Racing Any Better on Thursday. So you can look forward to Tony Calvin's return. Uh, Racing's Inside Track has asked, uh, we've already covered this, but we'll give you a name check. He's asked about Paul Nichols. Opinions on Paul Nichols' comments on at the races, no national hunt racing in June, July. That has been covered. Um, Dylan Braithwaite, excellent uh, question. Again, good questions this week, team. Um, This off the back of the, probably our comments on Racing Any Better on Thursday and what Kevin's been banging on about for a while Dylan has asked uh, should black type be only awarded on each way terms i.e. if there are less than eight runners but more than four then only first two get black type um, what do you what What would be your view on that Kevin I mean you just want to get rid of black type altogether don't you like the, the way black type is currently managed anyway yeah, look, you have to remember the origins of black type. Like you're going back decades and decades when we didn't have the internet. And, you know, if you, if you wanted to study the form, you needed to carry around big Bibles of, of, of form for, you know, to go through it. So it, at the time, it served a very important purpose. You could glance at the catalogue and it would give you, um, you know, a, a reasonably good representation of what was what. But you're now it's completely unfit for purpose. The way it's dished out, as Dylan points out, like it's silly, really. It's open to some really silly, odd cases like we could have had on Saturday. Um, look, do you have to get rid of it? I know I suggested as much in an article a few years ago and some very um, eminent gentlemen got extremely upset with me. Um, <laughs> so look, there is a form of compromise here. You could just print 
um, the official ratings alongside um, each horse, and then you kind of know exactly what's what. If you have a, if you have a rating of sixty four, um, be, be behind Janet, beside Janet O'Neill's uh, Group Three place filly, you kind of know where you stand. But like the rating is the most important thing. If I was designing the system from scratch, you know, you you, you decide on a number. Big black type is you know one hundred and ten plus. For, for a coat, you know, and maybe small black type, 100 plus, et cetera, and do it that way. Um, we have enough uh, sophistication in our rating systems across the jurisdictions now that you can do that in a fair way if you if you wanted to do it. And that's the way to do it. That's the right way to do it. But um, yeah, I suspect we might be waiting. It'll happen, I'm sure, Vanessa. We might even get to see it, but I don't think it'll, it'll happen anytime soon. Well, you probably won't. I might. I'm a good 10 years younger than you, aren't I? 10? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either, <laughs> but I'm, ta- I'm taking a swing at that. Um, David Lusk has asked about blindfolds, Brendan. Blindfolds, he says. Careful now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blindfolds. Why are they not removed when a horse goes in the stalls? Two instances at Red Car on Saturday. Jockey's trying to... T- Time the hoods being removed with the stalls opening. Stalls opened, hoods still on, get rid of blindfolds. I think, uh, well, you take that one, Brendan. Well, I assume that it's a safety issue that the horse needs a blindfold to go into the stalls because it has an issue with the stalls and you want to keep it convinced for as long as possible that it may not be in the stalls, which does mean that you have to time it perfectly. It's tricky for the jockey. I get that. But I... I'm, I'm guessing, again, I don't know, but I'm guessing that if they whip them off in the stalls, you'd have more in- instances of horses trying to climb out of the stalls or get under the gates, which is mm-hmm. never a good look, and they can do uh, unmerciful damage to themselves and others. So I think on balance, blindfolds are a good thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, like you say, taking them off early, um, a lot of horses need them until the absolute last second. So timing is just needed a bit better. I think we I think we plumass these stalls rogues too much, Vanessa. We give them too much benefit of the doubt. It's, it's all part of the race. If uh, how often do we see horses that that do the job perfectly as they're supposed to in terms of going into the stalls, being inconvenienced by some absolute yoke that won't go in or goes mad beside them? You know, I think I, I, we we know why they use blindfolds. I suppose it's a, it's a part of, part of horsemanship. You know, doing making horses do what we want them to do. But I don't know. I, I I'm always of the view that if you're if you're tricky at the stalls, you should be in first. And uh, if you can't do that, well, tough luck. You know. Um, would be my view because if you're doing the job correctly you shouldn't be inconvenienced by those that, that aren't doing it correctly yeah, yeah well, I'd, have... agree, I'd agree with that i don't i i did these certs that they give you to go in the uh, yeah they, 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 I, I don't agree with that yeah. I, I i i don't know how you get that and this is another factor that goes into getting races off on time uh and and you just know that this yak that's 500 to 1 on the machine <laughs> that's out the back that has a that has a ticket to go in last it's just going to delay the other horses and if, if a trainer, if I was the starter, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be a starter, actually. I think I'm really good. If, if I was the starter and a trainer came to me and he said, I'd like a ticket for my horse to go at last, I'd say, why? They'd say, oh, I'm very nervous at the gates. And I'd say, okay, right, well, what you need to do is go and train that horse to go into the <laughs> that, is, that is literally your job. Don't come and annoy me. I'm trying to get these races off. I'm under a lot of pressure from people with spreadsheets. I'm trying to get races yeah. off. Like you know? So I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. <laughs> trainers up and down the land hoping and praying that brendan duke doesn't turn to become a starter anytime soon Uh, last couple of questions guys patrick has asked um with all the media chat about how baid has finally captured the imagination of the public i'd question if he really has the media will try to make it so but it just doesn't feel like he carries the same profile as a horse of his nature would have in years gone by why is that well i would agree with that statement patrick i don't think i think we would like to think he has captured the imagination of the public i think he took a step forward towards that at york but i think you're right it's probably not the same as years gone by but racing isn't as popular as years gone by it doesn't now occupy the front pages of national newspapers in the style that it used to and it barely occupies the back pages either so you know it's just it we're 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 in a sport that isn't as popular as it used to be so that's probably a huge factor isn't it brendan yeah 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 yes that's fair enough i mean it did seem to be uh, I, I, I saw a good write-up about it in the Sunday Times, not on the sports section, not on the front page, granted, 
but um, he did. He, he was worth, worthy of three quarters of a page in the Sunday Times. And you said there was a magic atmosphere in York. Now, I know the York public do really come out and, and support the track and love to see a good horse go up there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think on balance, you're probably right. We're just slipping uh, further and further away from the mainstream. But it was, st- it was still pretty good. The yeah. People are, are, are still excited and engaged by this horse. And there are certain people who are going book and flights to Paris. So, you know, it's just great. Great boy, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Like, I, I think he's, he's unquestionably captured the imagination of the racing public which I don't think he'd necessarily done. Um, but I think last time re- really um, cemented that. Um, like, could he, is he, has he captured the public's imagination? I don't think he has, to be, to be brutally no. honest. I think for that to happen, you, you, you certainly don't need it, but it helps if you have a really good human interest story alongside it. With Frankel, with the greatest horse of all time, with Henry Cecil, a, a name everyone knew, and with an extremely kind of sad story alongside it. Um, so that, that all helped in that regard and um, this horse doesn't have the same sort of story to him I mean, if he look if he won the arc and he came back next year then you might be into the realm of, of him being a real public horse but um that's almost certainly not going to happen and uh, we'll just have to enjoy him being a, a, a racing public's horse because he's a he's certainly yeah. good enough uh, brilliant enough to warrant that yeah exactly we've got going about him at least uh final question goes the way of reese williams and this is probably our best question of the week uh reese has asked with team ireland languishing in last place in the racing league and having fielded just 14 of a possible 26 runners at the last two meetings has kevin blake lost the dressing room yeah, see, th- this is the thing now, and I'll sound like I'm making excuses, but when we, uh, w- when they came up, get with them the out new- early. Here we go. When- when they come up with the new format for the racing league this year and the way they did it, they did their best to, you know, distribute the trainers so it would be nice and even and everyone would have a good crack. Um, but look, it was ne- they were never going to get it right straight away. And it quickly became apparent that a couple of teams had way too many trainers that really wanted to, to participate. And there's a few managers there that are in a situation where they've eight, you know, runners in every race and they're only allowed to have two. So there's been, there's an awful lot of disappointed trainers and a lot of stressed managers. And there's one team that has the exact opposite problem, uh, Team Ireland. <laughs> yes, I think, I think we all overestimated how, um, how, how game the Irish trainers would be to have a crack at this. And um, I think of 16 Irish trainers, 12 aren't going to have an entry, I don't think. Never mind a runner. The others are going to be very selective. But so I don't fa- ex- explain how that's happened. I mean, like, you've got Joseph and Donnaker on board. They train 300 horses between them, and you can't field two runners, two yeah. runners in each it's, race. It's just not And that's not even I, mentioned, the rest it, of the people you've got on that list. Explain yeah, yourself. It's just, it's just not I'm not letting you get away with this. I'm no, not. It, it's just not suiting them. And the proof is in the pudding in terms of the number of entries that are being made. And, and like my, my reality is rather than having the options of eight runners in each race, I haven't had to make one decision in the three weeks of this to turn down a runner. Because wow. everything that's been entered, that's able to run, I've had to run it. <laughs> so, you know, as much as I'd love to to, uh, to have the options, I haven't had them yet. Um, so for the second year in a row, we've kind of drawn the short straw in terms of not being very competitive in this competition because we don't have the ammo. Um, David Lachnan and, and David O'Mara are, are being really game. They're running as many as they can. And, and Richard Hughes is getting rumbling now. Um, but we're just short on runners. So look, we have to just take the stick, take the abuse for, for the rest of the competition, try and win a few more races, hopefully. Um, and next year, if there's a Team Ireland, uh, I'd be hoping that we've got a few more um, British-based Irishmen to, uh, to to offer some more runners. But all that said, I actually think we're not in bad shape for this week. This, this coming Thursday is the best, is definitely the best set of entries we've had. I'll actually have to turn down some people this week, I think. Oh, here and, we go. Uh, yeah, and Jesse Harrington's going to have a few runners, and Emmett Mullins might have a runner. I, yeah, I think that's um, because yeah. I really ignited the flame last week. You know, <laughs> when I stood in as the Irish manager for the week, you know, I got so stuck into the role. I think now yeah. people on the Irish see the trainers have said, "Hang on a minute, there's a bit of passion there. There's a bit of drive there." Yeah, if any of you, if any of you listening, lads, I'm getting Thanks, on to everyone. Every, I'm getting on to everyone every week to try and have entries. And they just won't do it, Vanessa. So I might have to bring you in as as my. Um, 
for you, I'll, I'll, I'll swap you from interim manager to assistant manager and I'll just give you all their numbers and you might you might be able to get better results shaking the trees than I have been hey look I, I'm, I have a very persuasive way about me when I need to be okay I tend to get what I want no uh, leave me out yeah. of it I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be paid millions to do that job but uh, look yeah but yeah Windsor this Thursday Vanessa I, I think we'll, uh, our performance will, uh, will lift I'm not saying it'll get us off the bottom of the table or absolute certainties to finish last because the, the <laughs> That the last two weeks, I don't think it'll be too rosy either. But uh, we take our medicine, Vanessa. It'll make it. It'll make it all the sweeter if we can turn it around in years to come. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like Put Coral of- Irish getting the short straw again. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Look, guys, that wraps up the show. We will. Myself and Kevin will be back on Thursday with racing only better. But we will welcome back in, as I've already mentioned, Tony Calvin. He is back, and Brendan Duke has kept his seat warm for the month of August, and Brendan. And thank you very much for your contributions on both shows. We've loved having you. Have you enjoyed being on the shows? Very much so. You've been very kind to me, very welcoming. Uh, it was an inauspicious start, but I, I was away from my base and I, I, I definitely feel like I came on for the run and it went pretty well. And now I'm off to type up an invoice. So brilliant. Love it. Love it. Well, look, we've really enjoyed having you on the show, Brendan. Thank you so much for everything. You'll definitely be back, I'm sure, when Tony takes the odd day off here and there. Uh, but he will be back, as always, on Thursday. So stay tuned for Racing Any Better on Thursday, where Kevin, I believe will be live from Windsor just you know banging in a load of winners on the racing for the Irish team Uh, (laughs) but for now thank you very much for listening and goodbye from me